Greetings and welcome to Sisterly Soul Stories. This is Erica Dodson and I'm so grateful that you decided to tune in again today. If you missed last week's episode with Jeterica Smith, I encourage you to check it out right now, but I am so grateful and excited about our guest for today. Christy Staples is a launch strategist, a brand strategist. She is a woman encourager. She's for the sisters. She's for us. She gives us encouraging messages and words on her Instagram feed. She's also a woman of God. And I'm so grateful that she decided to join us today to share her very powerful soul story. So Christy, welcome to Sisterly Soul Stories. Thank you for having me, Erica. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I was so grateful when you said yes, because I was like, yes, we get to have this good, good conversation uh, in community with all the women that tune in to the podcast. So thank you for your time. And I want to thank you in advance for your transparency and your vulnerability and just sharing your story with those who can benefit and grow from it. Thank you. So I'd like to ask all of our guests as we start, what do you do to care for yourself during this very difficult time? There's so much going on. Every time we turn on the news or, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, there's something else happening in the world. And so what do you do to care for yourself and to kind of guard yourself against the toxicity that exists in our world today? Mm, the first thing I do is I get more rest. Yes. I have unsubscribed to that team no sleep. I have unsubscribed to that uh, stay up late, get up early. I have unsubscribed to that. Now, there are instances that, you know, if you stay out a little later or you're doing something late and you still keep your routine. I'm good for that, but not every day. Like I am not trying to burn the calendar at both ends anymore. So I get rest, meaning I go to bed earlier now and I take naps in the middle of the day if Ooh. I need to. <laughs> so I have implemented my childhood uh, memory of taking naps. Yes. So I will take a nap <laughs> in a minute. Um, mm -hmm. Just kind of gets me refreshed because I realize I do a lot of brain work and mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, I make a lot of decisions for a lot of people. So my brain is constantly on. And the only way for me to turn it off is for me to detach, get off the computer, relax, right? Um, the other thing that I do too is I'm very mindful of who I follow on social media. So anything that gets like too ratchet to something, and every time I see you, you, you know, you're just reposting something else, there's no original content, I don't become your friend. I don't I unfollow you. Even if you start following me, I will let you unfollow me. Um, yes. So I kind of have a very positive feed that looks like what I want to see and hear all the time. Um, I have um, cut off certain conversations. Um, so if a certain conversation be off into a place that I don't want to go, I will say, hey, hey, hey. I'm not, I'm not I'm, I have nothing to say on that. So you might want to switch subjects right now. So mm -hmm. that's one thing that I do. Um, secondly, there are some places that I just don't go. Um, you will not find me in, in certain places. Um, so I, I've really kind of implemented even more fun, like even on some of my reels and stuff, you see me dancing and stuff. So I'm really more um, trying to interject more fun because everything is so business hard, toxic, that, that, that. And I'm just like, I'm just let my personality flow. This is my uh, reality show today and I'm showing up for the world, you know? So I'm just really let my personality come out even more. And so that's helping me just be more authentic in who I am. Mm -hmm. You named so many good things. You are already dropping jewels this morning with us. Um, so taking the time to get the rest that you need is so important. And I know that there was this big wave of grind, team, no sleep, but mm -hmm. I'm starting to see a shift and even feel a shift um, from sisters about claiming their time and making sure that rest is a priority during this season. And mm -hmm. then also kind of just 
cleansing your feed. You know, um, I've had some times where I was like, oh, you know, you read a post or you see a video and it's very triggering. Um, and I'm having to just kind of just say, you know what? No, I'm gonna have to let this person go or let this feed go because I don't want anything coming in that's going to get me off balance for the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I, if, if I do want a little bit of uh, salty, a little tea or something like that, I'll go search for it, but I do not, it does not pop up, you know, if I just want to say, let me just say this, be current on current events, right? Because you don't want to just seem like you're just out of the world. But if you want to get kind of get up on current events, you know what accounts you can go to and see what's going on where it needs like, oh, I ain't missed nothing. Let me go back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was something else I had to do was because I was getting like uh, news feeds, uh, alerts to my phone. And I was getting like 10 and 12 a day. And every time I would get one, it was like, I would like kind of take a deep breath or like my heart would stop because I would think like, oh my God, what's happening? And it's an accident here. Someone's killed. This is going on in the government. And I had to cut those down also. So I just have like one uh, news feed that I follow and I don't even let the alerts come up. I just will like tune into it when I want to see what's going on. So super, these are such great strategies. And I hope that the ladies that are listening today will make the adjustments that they also need to protect their hearts and minds during this season. Mm-hmm. I want to say one more that I uh, used that I, I did not say is that do not disturb. What I've noticed, <laughs> what I've noticed throughout my work day um, is a couple of things is you look up at the end of the day and you don't feel productive and you don't feel productive because you've let people who have text you, call you, invade your day. And so the things that you have ready to produce they don't happen because you got sidetracked. And so what I've learned is say, if it's a client calling, if it's, if I'm in the middle of a project and I'm exerting all my brain energy and I'm really in it, I don't stop. Mm-hmm. I get to the stopping point in the project where I feel comfortable, where I'm going to walk away from it as a creative. And then I look at my phone, my notifications, but during it, I have it on do not disturb because it will just suck you in. Mm-hmm. I've been using the do not disturb more recently. And it's mm-hmm. so freeing. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And I'll put it on when I'm in meetings, but then like sometimes forget that I have it on. And then I'm like, I have such a peaceful existence right now. And so exactly. I found myself starting to just put it on do not disturb, even when I don't have anything going on, just to right. get free myself because you find yourself kind of staying attached waiting and anticipating the text and the call and the email so um it's a very wonderful thing to be able to do from time to time Mm -hmm. yes so as i thought about our topic for today um in search of my own garden so i love alice walker and i remember uh reading one of her beautiful pieces about searching for her mother's garden and in search of her mother's garden she found her own And I know we're talking about our topic you shared about kind of trying to find out who you were and find out your own path um, apart from your mother's. And I thought this was so appropriate leading into Mother's Day weekend to chat about this testimony and experience in your life. So we are so grateful that you're willing to share with us today about this season and this journey in your life. Oh, wow. This season has been it's been going on for us for a while now. But I think. it's very necessary because I feel that there are a few more iterations of my voice. There are a few more iterations uh, and elevations in my life, right? To kind of get to a, okay, now we're at the starting point, right? Because we have to get rid of, my mother had uh, drilled in me. You go to school, get a good education, get your good government job. She's very specific, get your good government job. 
and, and retire from there, right? Yep. So I'm on the path. I am from Mississippi, right? So it's the poorest educational school system, um, the poorest economy, everything. So at eight years old, I knew I had to get out. And then when I started going through elementary, uh, they found out I was gifted. So that was the best thing for me was allow me to go to school four days a week. And then that one day a week, I went to my gifted class and I will never forget that lady. Oh, that teacher taught us about Jacques Cousteau. We went to planetariums, we went to aquariums. Um, she even cooked us pumpkin pancakes, right? So that allowed my mind to expand. And I said, there's a world out there. Cause I've been to a planetarium now. So there is a world out there and it has my name on it. I have to go find it. So as we, as I matriculate through school and stuff, I'm like very focused on using my brains because I knew I was smart. I knew I was smarter than anybody here. So I said, let me use my brains to get out of Mississippi because I'm giving a scholarship and go to college. So that was my path. And then when I wanted to start learning basketball, my father was around, but he was a great basketball player. And I would beg my mom, mom, please let me go, go to the court, play basketball. Please let me go. Please let me go. I want to learn how to play. She was like, no, those guys are going to touch you. I said, mom, you can come with me. You can come with me. Please, 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 please. I just want to learn how to play basketball. So she said, no. So I didn't learn how to play basketball until I was sixth grade. And I was in middle school and I used to take my lunch break and I would go to the gym and I said, teach me how to do a layup, teach me how to play basketball. So that's when I learned basketball. So I eventually got on the team and then fast forward to high school, I graduated high, valedictorian and then I also had a basketball scholarship. Oh, wow. And so that's where the journey began, right? Because yeah. I'm like, yes, I'm leaving Mississippi. Yes, I'm going for free. Yes, yes, yes. And she was like, no, you're going to school in Mississippi. I said, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I said, no, I'm not. And she said, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. And she was like, why don't you want to stay in Mississippi? I said, because you can drive anywhere within two hours and get to me. I said, I need to be on my own. Yeah. Right? Because at this point I knew she was codependent. And it was, it was, it was almost like we were sisters because um, I had started paying the bills when I was 12. I was, you know, driving when I was 14, had my license. So I really started driving when I was eight. But I was legally 14 because I drivers from it. So I was pretty much grown, you know, and she was my caretaker, uh, right? Because she went to work and made the money and paid the bills. But then I would like literally write out the light bill. I would literally write out the check and stuff. And so it became a time where my senior year, I was going to school like half a day. So I would have like food cooked when she got home and stuff. And she was like, Ooh, mama, what are we having for lunch today? You know, so it was just our running joke. But yeah. then the joke became reality when I went to school, I came to Houston. And I, I got grandmother involved at that point. I said, grandma, I said, you need to talk to your daughter. I said, because I'm leaving. I said, she needs to prepare for, for me leaving. And she was like, okay. So she talked to her. She said, I guess you can go on and go to Houston. I said, I really want to ask your permission. I said, if I had to hitchhike a ride to Houston, I was going to get there. I said, I just want you to be okay with my decision. I said, so I just don't want to be disrespectful, but I am going to stand my ground and go to Houston. And so we got over that. And then it happened six months in. That's the first time it hit like, oh my gosh, I'm homesick. And then evaporated real quick. But that's when I realized, I was like, my mama was truly codependent on me. Well, we're codependent on each other, right? Because yeah. she was like, you call me Christy. Where's that pot and pan? Christy, where's this? And she was like, baby, she's like, I was just so lost when you left. She's like, I just, I just felt so discombobulated. I said, I tried to prepare you, but yeah. you didn't. And so fast forward to, I went to school, got the education, got the good government job. I started early because I got a, I did an internship with them my junior and senior year in college. And I shared the role, the role with the, uh, another college student at TSU. And so when I got on after college, of course, they hired me on full time. So I'm like, yes, I'm a GS7, about to be a GS9. Yes, I'm 
five years later, I find myself going to the airport once again in this powder blue polyester suit from JCPenney and I'm crying. Mm. I'm crying. I was like, this is not my life. This is so boring. Like, yes, I'm platinum with this. Yes, I'm gold with this. But it's just like, there has to be more to life than this. I was like, I just, I said, I can't, this is not it. And so that's when I'm, I really started getting my path and I said, I, I gotta leave. So I ended up leaving the government and going to a couple of different sectors and I ended up landing in oil and gas. And when I landed in oil and gas, you know, that's big here in Houston. And then they ended up laying me off. So I got laid off twice in life. And that mm-hmm. second time is when I really took that journey to a next level. And I was more worried about calling my mother on my way home after being laid off then how I was going to pay my mortgage the next month. So that's the journey I've been on. And so that call with prepping her, let her know I was going to be okay. That was the release for me. Because at that point, I was like, I'm no longer living your dream. I'm going mm-hmm. after mine. So much courage. Like, so I'm listening to your story and I'm just taken by the courage initially, even when you knew that you had a propensity towards athletics and you wanted to get into sports and she wasn't really with it, but you persevere. You found a way to learn how to perfect your craft and it led to scholarship. So that's a lot of courage because a lot of times, you know, moms, they have an idea of they what how they want your life to look and the things that they want you to do. What Where did you get that courage as a young woman? Like, how did you um, find your voice even that young and say, you know what? I know you don't want me to play, but I'm going to learn how to play. And then to be able to get the athletic scholarship. Talk a little bit about that as a young woman, how you kind of navigated that and where you got the strength to actually continue to persevere and, get, and pursue your dreams. Well, I think I've always been a creative person, right? So creative people is not only like with your hands and stuff, it's also finding solutions, right? So that's why I know I'm meant to be an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs find solutions, right, to problems. And so I just saw it as a problem. I was like, this is a problem. This is what I want to do. And so I always tried to make sure I was respectful of her guidelines so that I wouldn't necessarily get in trouble unless I was willing to take one for the team, right? There's a couple times I did take one for the team to show that, no, I'm serious about this. Um, and your rules were like, they weren't like geared toward me, right? Because I'm a good child. So I found a way and I wouldn't let her stop me because I didn't want her to. Like, I didn't want to just lay down. I, didn't, I knew that sports and, and, and books were going to get me out of Mississippi. So I had to perfect both. And so I was just gung-ho about it. Where I got this strength from, I don't even know. It, I guess it was just already in me because yeah. I knew I had to do it. And when, I mean, she tell you that when Kristen make up her mind about something, baby, you're going to get out the way. Don't even talk to her about it. Just shut it down because she's going to do it. Mm-hmm. So you already had the will and the determination mm-hmm. in you. And you just stood on it. And Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of women sometimes struggle in kind of making that shift from young womanhood to adulthood and kind of stepping out on their own because they don't want to feel uh, the guilt as if they're saying that what their mothers want for them is not good enough or to disappoint them anyway. What would you say to women who have a dream in their heart or have a desire to go in a different direction than the direction that their mother may be leading them into? Uh, what would you say to them, especially those young women who are maybe in college or just getting started in their careers? So I would say you can attack that two different ways. So the first way would be to, if you can have an open, honest conversation with your mother about what you really want to do, right? 
have the conversation, be honest, be open, tell her how you feel about, okay, like when I notice about my mom, when she doesn't understand something I do, she questions me to death about it. And their questions lead me to doubt because I don't have all the answers because I'm figuring this thing out, right? But I'm just letting you know what I'm doing. So I knew that was one of my triggers. So I had to tell her, so mom, I said, don't question me about it. I said, I don't have everything figured out. I said, when you question me about it, it leads to doubt and then I end up not doing it. I said, so I'm just letting you know ahead of time, this is what's happening. I said, so I can answer some questions later as I figure it out. I said, but right now, this is all I got. So in talking to your mother, being honest and open, letting her know what you're doing and then kind of if you can kind of bring them in a little bit because most of the time they just want to be included in your life so if you just kind of give them some type of responsibility hey can you research this for me or can you help me with this or do you know like just just want to be included so whatever way they their strengths are just include them if you can and then the second way is if that doesn't work or if you need to take another step first which is go out and do it first and then bring them back the results then they can't say anything like if it's like hey i want to be a youtuber and then you go and build up your YouTube channel. You have a thousand people and all this. Like, hey, mom, look at my YouTube. I have a thousand people. What? <laughs> okay. So, and then you can have the open conversation and dialogue. So that's what I will say. I will say, do it no matter what, you know, let them know if you can talk to them and, and open, be honest and open about it. But ultimately it's your life because you don't want to end up like them regretting that they didn't take certain actions. And so as you began to transition, one of the things that I heard you say also was that you kind of named how you felt and you told her when you questioned me, um, you know, I began to doubt myself. I think that's huge that we are able to express ourselves openly and honestly in these conversations and not shrink back. Um, and so also when you talk about codependency, um, I think that is so true, especially when in households where maybe just two, uh, one child and, and the mom mm -hmm. and you spend all your time together and you develop a routine. Um, and so for mothers um, who are trying to figure out how to stay in relationship with their daughter during this transition, you know, because that's difficult also, you know, mm -hmm. as you try to let go, but then also be respectful of their wishes. What do you say to moms who have um, fierce independent daughters who are finding their own way i would say support them you have to support them because you don't want them to shut you out mm -hmm. you have to support them even if you don't understand it even if you don't know it go google it go ask somebody about it you know that you can talk to just find out more information on how you can support them because they're gonna do it it's are they gonna do it in front of you or behind your back and you're going to be mad if they do it behind your back. So find a way to support them with their decision and what they want to do. I don't care if you like, let me just hold a camera for you. You know, let me just hold your cue cards or whatever it is. Do I need to show up? I need to bake some cookies. You know, I need to make sure you got something to eat. Whatever it is that you can do to make sure that they are okay with their decision and that you can help them in some type of way. Because everybody wants to be included. So you can be included by supporting them and then they don't feel like they don't have to alienate you and they have your support, which will make them go further and faster. That's so key because I know when I graduated from college, I, I went to college, I initially wanted to be a lawyer um, and then I ended up getting into education when I came to Houston and then I ended up getting into ministry. And so for my mom, that was a huge shift from the original dream and idea. But once I got into what I was doing, I realized this is where my passion lies. This is what I want to do. 
And that was difficult, you know? Um, and I think our relationship went through some ups and downs because she had an idea of what she wanted for me. And then from her vantage point, I hadn't quite struck the success that she felt that I should be at. And so as you talk about being laid off, what were those conversations like? Because I'm thinking about the conversations that I was having with my mom, like, you need to do something different. You need to get it going. Like it's not working. And that was a challenging season. And so when you think about the times when you stepped away from that good government job <laughs> uh, and made your transitions, what, what were those conversations like? Man, those conversations were, <laughs> it was, it was, woo, those conversations was, okay. So when I really, really got full-time in, in uh, my business, I had an accident in 2017. And so she felt like she felt like I had arrived, right? Because I had just got this uh, Mercedes truck, and it was an older truck, right? And so I went from like uh, 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 Altima, uh, um, Nissan Altima, to this Mercedes truck. So they was like, "It's about time you got a new car. It's about time." But what they didn't really realize is that the fact that I had paid off that Altima is how I was able to survive while I was unemployed because I didn't have a car note. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had I'd lessened my expenses. I've always kind of lived below my means so I could be free to move. And so I got this truck and stuff. And so, you know, the truck was older and uh, they were just like, so happy, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you got a new car, got a new car. So then in 2017, I'm coming home from a client's event and I got hit head on. Car got totaled. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't have insurance. Uh, you know, I walked away truly with just like, oh, my hand was swollen just a little bit. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong. With me. I got hit head on. Mm. mom was like oh I know you're gonna get the job now ain't you <laughs> I was like no why mm-hmm. well you gotta have transportation mm-hmm. I said God's gonna figure that out okay I said because I don't know what was gonna happen I didn't know if this truck was gonna drain all my savings or something because it's older and you know parts are expensive for it I don't know I said but I'm gonna take this as a win I'm gonna take my little insurance money, you know. I'm gonna figure something out, and I did. I, I got that figure something out for me. So every time something major happened that caused a financial strain, it was I know you're gonna get a job now. I know you're gonna get a job now. So I was just like, Mom, just stop asking. I'm not gonna get one. If I'm gonna get one, I will let you know. I said, but I'm not gonna be a knee jerk reaction to go get a job just because a car broke or, you know, a sink broke or something like that. So those were the conversations. It was like every time something major would happen. And I sometimes I just wouldn't even tell her because it's like, I didn't want to hear it. You're going to get a job now, ain't you? So, yeah. Yes, yes. I can totally relate to all of those things. Um, and so for me, I found myself growing closer in my relationship with the Lord during that season when you're shifting from young womanhood to adulthood, kind of cutting the cord and living for yourself, figuring out what life is going to look like. Um, How did you uh, feed your faith during that time? Like, what was that walk like? Because when you have a a parent that you're really close to, who may not agree with or see the vision that you have for your life, you have to depend solely on God. And so what was that faith journey like for you during that time? Well, I was, it was kind of twofold because I was a servant in ministry at that time. And then also it was the constant feeding of, you know, YouTube videos of ministry. I mean, sermons and stuff, you know, podcasts of, you know, or eBooks or, I mean, electronic books. So I was constantly listening to things, right. I was just constantly listening to things and looking at stuff that 
pumped me up that fueled me you know um and that and i will read like even i found a devotional on um the U version app that was like for entrepreneurs so i went through that so it was just like feeding my faith with stuff that i was going through so i was constantly listening and reading stuff like constantly listening and reading stuff every time i would have like a free moment or something that's what i was doing and so how did that season change you did it strengthen you did it uh, make you bolder talk a little bit about like who you are now as a result um, of that season that you went through oh man I can just sum it up in one word confidence Mm -hmm. the confidence and belief in myself increased tenfold and I still think I have another 10 to go but just walking in oh will you uh can you pay your invoice you know so it, oh um you know well it costs this much but you know you can have it for this so it was just a constant need to like dumb down now I'm like hello yeah you, you know this is me this is how much it costs okay when we like to get started okay you know so it's just more of a confidence thing and I'm just more confident that Things are going to happen. I'm more confident that it will happen. I'm more confident that it's going to happen in the right time. So I'm not like overly anxious for stuff. Like I still, you know, some of my hit my spirit every once in a while, but I'm more aware of, well, I don't think I should work with this client. Like something's, something's here. I don't think so. And I will turn them down or uh, something goes away and you're like, um, something's not right. So it's just really more in tune with, which way you should go, who you should take on, where you should be, you know, all those different things. I'm like, okay, show me what I should be doing today. Or even with me, I still, I have a moment in my business where um, I try to bless at least one person per month and tithe my services for my business. And he'll send one person, you know, and you'll give them something. And then next month he'll send somebody else. So it's just like knowing who that person is. It's so important. So I'm listening and I'm like, he was preparing you through all of those things, through the layoffs, through the challenging, you know, times with mom, through the car accident, all these things that happened were for your greater good and for his glory. And and where you are now, I see the boldness and the confidence and all that you do. And um, I think it was so important that you go through that time in order to get to where you are now in entrepreneurship. And so sometimes when we're going through the seasons of life, we don't understand, we question, we are um, in, in a bad place because we feel like it's not coming together. But I hold on to Romans 8 and 28 all the time. All things, all the things, everything will work together for our good because we love him and we're called by him Mm -hmm. and so tell us a little bit about your business Christy because I think that this is the important piece of where you started to where you are now and how you're using your confidence your boldness um, and your life and light uh, to be a blessing and encouragement to women everywhere thank you so my business is called get launched and let me tell you how get launched became about Get Launch became about because I was unhappy in one of my jobs. Mm-hmm. And I had a girlfriend, I would go to her house like three or four times a week. And we were starting her nonprofit. But at that time we were launching her nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And I would go over there. I pretty much like was part of the family. Like, what are we have for dinner tonight? So <laughs> we would sit there, we would work on her, her nonprofit. We got her approved and everything. And so at the end of it, she was like, Christy, you should start a business doing this. I said, doing what? And she was like, 
helping people launch their business. I said, what is that? She was like, that's what you just did for me. And I was like, oh, okay. So I think it was like my birthday was coming up or something like that. And she got my first logo done for me and stuff. And she was like, hey, this is your business it's called Get Launched. I was like, huh, okay. And so that's how Get Launched came about. But I went through a season of like, you know, kind of wondering and you kind of working with the wrong people because I'm trying to work with other entrepreneurs that don't have a startup capital. And then how I am in the startup phase too. I'm like, okay, both of us are broke, wrong person, right? So so then I I get to a entrepreneurs conference and one of my friends had took me there. I just got laid off for the uh, second time. And I was talking to one of the coaches and stuff. He was like, wait a minute. He said, well, you just lit up about this press kit. I said, he said, I don't think you need to start off with consulting. I said, what? He was like, yeah, you probably need to start off with graphics and stuff. And so that's when I came home, got my Canva account and I started kind of self teaching myself how to do designs and stuff. And so fast forward to six years later, here we are. I have a niche down in my business. So Get Launched Now is a creative consulting agency where we work with service-based entrepreneurs and we help them create an additional stream of income through creating digital products. So that's what I love to do. That's what I do all day. That's what I, you can wake me up at two o'clock in the morning and I will do it. I'm gonna help you launch a digital product overnight. <laughs> so that's well, why I am. I'm so glad that you have your smooth spot, <laughs> that you are in your space mm-hmm. uh, of passion um, because others are being blessed from that. And that's something also that's important, you know, for women when they're launching out and stepping out on their own to figure out what is my area of passion? What am I called and created to do? Because when you do it, as you say, you can wake me up at any time. You're going to be able to rattle off or give exactly what it is that people need. Exactly. 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 So I want to thank you, Christy, so much for joining us today, for sharing your story with us. And we encourage you um, to continue moving forward, continue blessing and inspiring us and other women. Um, And I want to also encourage women to follow you on your social media platforms. Can you tell us what your handles are? So on social media, I am CL Staples and Hire Get Launched. And then on Facebook, I'm Christy L. Staples. All right. Well, thank you so much. And also thank each of you for joining us today. I hope that something was said in this conversation that encouraged and blessed you. And if you have a show idea or feedback for this episode or for Christy, please don't hesitate to reach out. Have a wonderful Sunday. And don't forget to tune in uh, on the podcast to Sisterly Soul Stories on Google, Apple, or Spotify platforms. Have a wonderful day.